0: Down the middle. Scores! First career goal, Austin Wagner. Here's Luff looking for his first. Scores! Matt Luff, first NHL goal, and the Kings have a lead. What's Luff got to do with it?
1: Hello and welcome to Crown Conversations. I am joined today for a sort of special edition. Uh, This is just going to be a quick reaction to the Edmonton Oilers and LA Kings game. Thanks for joining me, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Uh, Before we get started, I want to go over some quick news. So, for the last year, Sarah has had the interim title. Now
0: she is officially managing editor. Yay! <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great pleasure to be here, and it's an honor. Um, no, it was a, a a long-awaited title change for me, and it changes absolutely nothing other than the fact that I got to delete a word from my email signature. But thank you.
1: Well, I mean, it's official now. Now you are officially, officially the managing editor, even though you technically officially were. (laughs) But I just use officially way too much.
0: That's right. My plan for world domination really starts here. First step
1: is jewels from the crown. Next step, the world. I like it. Okay, let's talk about last night's game. I want to do what I'm thinking of, I don't, there's not really a good term for it, but I'm going to call it a negative sandwich. Basically, we'll start with the positives. We'll go with the negative, And then we'll end on a high note with some things to That were not so bad about the game. That we're like, okay, you know what? You know, it wasn't that bad. So, positives. They scored five goals.
0: Yeah, I didn't think that they knew how to or were allowed to do that. Um, I was looking and last year, last season they scored five goals a total of six times five goals or more a total a total of six times so the fact that they did that on opening night regardless of who the opponent was or what their opponent's blue line looked like or the fact that mike smith is mike smith like that it's still five goals like that's that's a good thing that's i liked that a lot yeah but you really can't discount mike smith
1: Can we clone him and give him to every other team? Yes, please. 30
0: teams need Mike Smith. See, that would be a positive. Yeah, exactly. You know, good job, Mike Smith, on just handing the Kings at least two or three of those goals. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Oh, I should say 29 teams because I can't do math. And I meant to exclude the Kings on that one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> we already have enough to worry about
1: with Jonathan Quick. Um, Adrian Kempe, he led the team with, five, I think it was, was it five shots on goal or something like that?
0: I think so, yeah. Uh,
1: so, you know, that was another real positive because we're looking for more from Kempe, especially in uh, if he's going to be in that centerman role.
0: Are we at the point of the negative part of the negative sandwich? Sure. <laughs> His his line looked like they had never met each other before. (laughs) Like, each of them was just doing their own thing. And I say this as a person who dearly loves Jeff Carter with all my heart. And dearly loves Adrian Kempe with all my heart. And also, Ilya Kovalchuk exists. Um, (laughs) They looked like they had never even played together before. Like, Kovalchuk, like... It immediately, his performance in that game immediately, like, made me understand in one go, like, just on one shift alone, all of the, like, issues or complaints people have had about him of, like, he's just a guy who does what he wants, and he doesn't really care what your system is or what you're supposed to be doing or what the coach wants you to do. He just kind of does his own thing. And that is what he did the entire game. And like, there was no plan and no cohesion. And that line was a mess. And I'm very annoyed by it. <laughs> so The the funny thing is apparently the wingers have a
1: lot more defensive responsibility. So it's instead of before under their systems, under Murray, under Sutter and under John Stevens, it was always the center who had the most responsibility. Apparently, Jeff Carter was still in old habits because he and Adrian Kempe forgot that they're teammates and they don't talk to each other or they, they weren't talking to each other because you know they were in the corner and Kempe's doing one thing and Carter's doing another thing and nobody's talking to each other and nobody has any idea what's going on and it's just like a mess.
0: I just... Yeah, like they... They did things. And like, I, I feel like, you know, for Carter, like, yes, it's going to be an adjustment. It's been a long time since he's played Wing. He's learning a whole new system. And I, there was an interview with him as part of a article in The Athletic that was kind of talking with him about, you know, the fact that he's basically kind of played the same way for ages. Um, you know, at least since he's been on the Kings. Um, I can't speak for how things were in Philly before that or anything, but has basically been doing the same thing in the same role. He played wing for a little bit when he first came to the Kings, because that's where they wanted him to be. But, you know, for him, it's relearning, you know, however many, you know, eight years or something of muscle memory and, you know, So I expect for him to be a little challenged by this. And, like, occasionally he's probably going to be out of position because he's trying to do what he would have done as a center man or whatever. But, like, dudes, (laughs) if you knew this was going to be the line, you've had a lot of time already to kind of figure it out. And, like, I know it's just the first game of the year, and there's still plenty of time to work out even more of the kinks. But, like... Oh, (laughs) it was just like, it was like, it was like a clown car. Like everyone was just doing whatever they wanted. And that wasn't always the right thing to be doing.
1: (laughs) Well, it's okay. So it's funny because Dennis Bernstein was like, you know, he goes small picture, medium picture, large picture, Dennis Bernstein of the fourth period. Um, And then he was like, you know, okay, it's game one. Like Todd McClellan is still working out issues with the team. I was like, Okay, yes, but and this was a serious question. I thought he was supposed to fix both the offense and the defense. Like, what happened? And he goes, Oh, well, you have an 18 year old rookie. You got a seventh round pick. You have a UFA out of college. And then you have a UFA who wasn't signed until just before camp started. I'm like, okay, what about your former Norris winner trophy? Sorry, your former Norris Trophy winner, Drew Doughty. Supposedly one of the best freaking defensemen in the world. Like, I mean, you cannot... And besides, my thing was, what happened to their team defense? Literally everybody was just doing their own thing. There was... You you know that cliche, there's no I in team? There was an I in team last night. Well, okay, there was no I in team, but it was all about the me. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that is definitely, like, the forwards I thought looked good-ish. I I won't say they, like, they definitely were doing the right things. Like, guys were, like, I mean, sort of. But, like, as compared to last year, whenever they were, like, oop, we scored one goal, we're done. Like, the the forwards were at least trying to, like, forecheck and backcheck and, like, get pucks out of corners and stuff. So, like, I'll give them a little bit, sort of, of a pass but like yeah i mean in in, in ugh, fairness to drew Doughty, like he even said like yeah i thought i was pretty bad so at least he like recognizes it <laughs> and didn't think like because if i feel like it would be a very drew Doughty thing for him to have like an awful game and be like yeah no i was great um So at least he recognized that he was bad and that he, you know, still struggles with playing against McDavid and still can't quite figure him out. And like, I I like when the Kings play the Oilers because it like, I know we all are kind of like drew Doughty's just like, he's good at hockey and that's it. And, but watching him talk about playing against Connor McDavid, you actually are like, Oh, like he might have, he, he has some things to say about this. Um, And so it's always interesting to see what he has to say about, you know, breaking down McDavid's game and why he's so hard to play against. And it's, you know, it's not just the fact that he's fast. It's not just the fact that he, like, I think is some sort of bionic superhuman or something. But, like, that he has all of these things together. Um, And, you know, so Dowdy had some really interesting kind of quotes about that. But, like, yeah, he was like, I was bad. And I'm like, yeah, Drew, you were um yeah it's like yeah i give like i give bjordford a pass he's you know he definitely made some mistakes he definitely struggled to keep up with mcdavid when he was out on the ice with him but like he's an 18 year old in his first nhl game and like i'm sure even like Connor mcdavid made mistakes in his first nhl game when he was you know 18 or 19 or whatever um so it's a learning experience for the young kids and the undrafted guys and the whatever but like it shouldn't be a learning experience anymore for drew dowdy he should kind of he should kind of be over it <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry oh <laughs> uh, i know we love to pick on Drew, but it's because it's i mean he okay so here's the thing about drew dowdy That that's why i love him so much he's an idiot he has <laughs> super high hockey iq he is brilliant when it all, comes to all things hockey When you get him to talk about anything else besides hockey, he's a
0: moron. I was trying to dance around it, but you went right for it, and I'm really proud. (laughs) Uh, Nobody listens to our podcast anyway. (laughs) Or at least Drew Doughty doesn't.
1: (laughs) I mean, this is something that I've been saying about Drew for years. I'm like, I love him, especially because he has such high hockey IQ, and he was tutored by Willie Mitchell, who, please, Willie, please come back and teach our young children how to actually defense. Um, like, we have fishing in L.A. You you did it quite well. And I'm sure Megan and, and your adorable child with those blonde, blonde ringlets would fit in very well again back on Venice Beach. I miss Willie Mitchell. <laughs>
0: I know. I was just thinking, like, oh. Oh, I miss Willie Mitchell. I miss Willie Mitchell. I miss Justin Williams. <sighs> Remember when this team was good? <laughs> Vaguely, <laughs>
1: um, he was tutored by Willie Mitchell. Willie Mitchell was one of the most brilliant defensive minds in the NHL, pretty much of his time, really. And what I what I always loved about Willie Mitchell is that he understood. Spacing better than almost anybody like you have eric carlson and you have all these fantastic defensemen who will blow you away with how good they are offensively but for willie mitchell that key that key role of stay-at-home defenseman he understood gap control and spacing and reach better than anybody and i know that's cliche to say but it's true, and that's who was Drew's primary partner when Dowdy came into the league. And so that's part of what makes Dowdy such a good defenseman. I who knew we'd miss John Stevens so much, Sarah?
0: It almost hurts me to think about watching a stars game.
1: <laughs> well the Stars had really good defense last year. Now it's just Yeah, now now they have John Stevens. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Before we get <laughs> on a tangent, let's let's not. <laughs> I, I was gonna really uh, go off on a tangent here. Let's let's stick to the game at hand. Yesterday, <laughs> um, I know Bjornfoot struggled, um, but God, it, it's like there were five guys on the ice, and they were all in a completely different game at that same time. I was watching the game going. You know you have a teammate, right? He's right there. Sounds fake. <laughs> I know. Fake news. But what can I, what can you do? <laughs> I think that for me, that was the most infuriating part. Like, I understood in preseason they were going to be a bad team. I accepted it. I embraced it. I said, okay, that's fine. I, I get it. We didn't see this in the preseason. We didn't see them struggle to heck, not even communicate, just be like, acknowledge that they have a teammate (laughs) on the ice with them.
0: And like, I feel like the lines that looked good, you know, not even considering the defense, but just, just of the forwards that looked good, was like, the Kopitar line, who's now been playing together for like three years, so of course they looked better but like that's that's not an excuse for the other lines that looked like they had just been all traded from three different teams and were like trying to figure out who was who um it's going to be a long season <laughs> because this isn't something they're going to fix overnight and it was very like stressful which isn't something that I've associated with a Kings game for a long time <laughs> Because last season I just expected them to lose all of the time, no matter what. And so it was very odd watching a game where they scored a lot of goals and were kind of chaotic and had a chance to win. Like I didn't I didn't understand it at all. And I don't I don't know how much I liked it. <laughs> I missed the like two to one Daryl Sutter games. Oh god. Who knew we'd miss Sutter? <laughs> well, he's right down the road now, so
1: no, sorry. I was talking
0: about his dad, not his. <sighs> well, I, well, also him because he's with Anaheim now. Is he really? He's like a, he's like a associate. Like he's not like a coach, coach, but he's like an advisor or whatever. And he was definitely at their like training camp and stuff, just hanging out and getting on the ice and yelling at men or something. <laughs> he was at their training camp. I yeah. Business. You are. You probably like blanked it out because it was traumatic to see him in a duck's uh windbreaker jacket thing
1: I'm, I'm picturing it now and it hurts exactly i well i know as far as i know he's only part-time working yeah as this coach person but okay uh, another positive that i i came up with Mario scored he did so
0: proud of him too i was like
1: amadio my son
0: (laughs) scored yeah he actually did he did really well um he had a really good preseason and you know has carried that over he played a little over 14 minutes which kind of puts him on par with like the upper lines like he played about he played more than toffoli and kempe did and they're ostensibly like well, Foley's kind of the third line. Kempe's sort of the second line. But anyway, he played a lot of time um, and he scored a goal and he looked decent at it. Um, and their line. No, yeah, I didn't hate them, which is saying something um, <laughs> compared to like how much I hated a lot of the other ones. Uh, he's he played with Clifford and Lewis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Their line, Clifford, Amadio and Lewis. Uh, led the team in course, Corsi, Corsi. I never really hear <laughs> They led the team in Corsi. Um, Cal Clifford had, like, it was, according to Natural Stat Trick, 88%. Um, but he, he, he was on, Cal Clifford was on the ice for eight shot, shot attempts for and one against. Like, if that's what your fourth line is doing, like, good job, fourth line. Um, yeah, like, he looked really good, and yeah, I feel like Amadio is someone who could, like, maybe play further up in the lineup if he needed to, or get shuffled around, but yeah, he scored a goal, he didn't get, like, scratched halfway through the game or something. Um, yeah, I'm just very proud of him. I Okay,
1: I I'm a little reluctant to admit this, <laughs> because everybody's been on me about this, but Kyle Clifford, like, I didn't
0: hate him either. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like he had two, he had two points. Like Cal Clifford had two assists, including like he made some really good plays. Like if this is Cal Clifford's new leaf and like, I have certainly never been one to be like, no, we cannot ever trade or get rid of Cal Clifford under any circumstances. Like I think he's an easy target to ship out somewhere because teams will pay for that. But like, if this is him turning over a new leaf and becoming a new player, like, I'm all for it. Like, just, if this season's not going to be a good winning season, at least it can be weird. And Cal Clifford suddenly turning into, like, a skill guy it's just real great.
1: Who saw that coming? <laughs> that is wild to me. Like... Kyle Clifford doing good things that don't make me want to pull my hair out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and not just like, open and he hit a guy. Like, no, like, actually making plays. He had, last year he had 21 points. Do you think he beats that this year? Ooh. If we're going to go with weird, yeah. I like it. I like it.
1: What? Why the heck not?
0: Yeah, like... I mean, especially if he is if, – if that is the fourth line that they keep this year, him and Amadio and Lewis. Um, we all know that Trevor Lewis occasionally can do things as well. Sometimes he'll score a goal. Um, Amadio, like, is a fairly good, like, kind of, like, all-around playmaker at, like, in the AHL level. Like, he certainly had no issues scoring and helping make his teammates better and giving them opportunities. So if he can translate that here with his two line mates who I never would have expected to do anything – like, like th- I I'm excited. I might be excited about this.
1: <laughs> All right, you want to hear something wild? Yes. Uh, it's early, okay. So don't anybody yell at me about this, because literally the Kings have played one game. But Kyle Clifford, based on his performance in Edmonton, actually leads the league in Corsi 4 percentage at five on five with eighty-eight point two four percent. Which on is- the parade. Yeah, and he had seven twenty five of even strength or five on five time. God, really? That's it? How much time
0: did the Kings spend on the power play? No, I think Cal Clifford just didn't. He just didn't play a ton at all. Like I think he. I don't know that he even had any special teams time. I think he. Yeah, I think he just. Yeah, no, he had no no special teams time. So he just played seven twenty six. Wow. Yeah. And Trevor Lewis played two minutes and 58 seconds uh, shorthanded on the penalty kill. And then Amadio played a little bit on both the power play and shorthanded. So that's why their time is both a little more inflated. Trevor Lewis played a little over a little under 13 minutes. So they got the bump because of uh, special teams. Cal Clifford just, you know, remember when he scored a power play goal last year? (laughs) Because Willie Desjardins decided to put him on the power play for reasons. And it paid off. (laughs) Uh,
1: You know who else scored last night on the power play? Trevor Lewis. Did he? I thought it was a power play goal. Maybe that was Dowdy who had the power play goal. But Trevor Lewis scored. Did he? Yes, he did. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Sarah,
0: Sarah, don't. I feel like the game just, like, blurred together in... This, like, relentless goal
1: bonanza. (laughs) I can't wait for them to get shit out in their next three games.
0: Shh! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you breathed that into existence. No, I jinxed it! I jinxed it, Sarah!
1: (laughs) I hope. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's Kyle Clifford. I mean, that's just, like, totally wild to me. I'm like, I don't understand but hey if he can like
0: repeat this yeah all for it yeah just give me that weird chaos it's fine (laughs) that was his career high
1: by no shortage yeah i mean it was like not a small amount
0: i like that he was the only one who was successful last season
1: oh god this is gonna be a long and painful season sarah
0: I I have anxiety just thinking about it.
1: Okay, so one person we have not talked about so far, the guy in the net. How much of the blame do you hang on him because oh,
0: talk about anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> he was bad. <laughs> God. Like I get
1: that, you know, it's it's early season Jonathan Quick and we're going to see him make a lot of blunders. But can you not make your blunders? First of all, ninety-seven seconds into the game. Secondly, with six minutes to go, like, it, at least at least two of those goals
0: were on his head, or were were his fault. And I like I feel like it was such a like mixed bag of goals against him. Like that opening goal, like was that the one that was the own goal? Uh, the, the yeah, that was the one that was the own goal. Okay, which, fair enough. Which like ba- it like bounced off of Matt Roy. So like I don't. That sucked, but, like, Jonathan Quick isn't expecting to have to stop, like, a puck that bounces off of his own defenseman. Like, could he have stopped it? Maybe. Like, but, like, some of them were, like, grade A, like, chances or things that he just had, like, you could have put any goaltender in net and they would have been like, whoop, just got scored on. But, yeah, he, i i for every, every time that there aren't Kings games or that he, like, is injured and doesn't play... And then comes back. I forget how much anxiety he gives me. (laughs) Especially now when he's still kind of getting the feel of, like, how his defensemen are going to play and how everything's going to go. Like, there's just so much, like, twirling and flopping and flailing. And I just, I just want a boring goalie. (laughs) Can we please have
1: Cal Peterson and Jack, like, Jack Campbell gives me heartburn just watching him but not as much as watching jonathan quick jack Campbell is he's he's a little bit anxiety inducing in the way that he plays a little bit not to the extent that jonathan quick is so so um it was james harris jay Harris, on twitter sorry to call you out buddy but <laughs> he had this thing that he tweeted last night where he had this screenshot Of what a buyout for Quick in the next three years would look like.
0: Oh no! (laughs) Oh,
1: don't tempt me, (laughs) Jake. I'm holding out hope for a
0: CBO, though. Can we just like give him to someone? I love him, but I just—what's it like to be a fan of a team where your goalie doesn't like make you want to (laughs) drink? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, some of those goals. And of course, like one of the goals against was from a kid who got his very first NHL goal. So, of course, we gave that one up. 26. Oh, that, that's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that, that's. Oh, he still is 26. Off. Oh, no. That's sad. Oh, well, anyway, it was still his first NHL goal. And we just, we handed it to him. Zach Cassian scored, who, like, whenever I was. Preparing for this game, like to to write and about it and stuff. I was like, wait, Zach Cassian still plays? Like, I didn't even know that he was still a thing. Definitely, some of those goals were ones that I was like, what what you doing, Jonathan Quick? Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, like, I want to say that like maybe he'll settle down, but also, how many seasons have we been watching him, and he's never settled down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I don't think there's any settling down with Jonathan Quick. Okay, when he's in the zone, like when you saw him in 2012, holy crap, yes. But that's not really his thing.
0: Oh, so much anxiety. <sighs> well, we'll 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 at least get to see Jack Campbell soon because their next the next two games are back to backs. So they have two more or they have another back to back after that. Yeah,
1: this their schedule. So freaking bizarre. So dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's super dumb to (laughs) to start the season. Uh, Arizona apparently also has a a dumb season, too. Uh, So the schedule maker really went to piss everybody, (laughs) everybody (laughs)
0: off. I mean, just the fact that they made the Sharks and the Golden Knights start the season against each other two games in a row like that whoever whoever put this schedule together is definitely like chaotic evil like just just i mean yeah
1: (laughs) i was talking to a couple of sharks fans and they were like "Ah, i said look this has got to be better than the the sharks and the kings for like the fifth year in a row actually i think this would have been like year seven of ten honestly and, and they they said, "Oh, I would take the Kings right now." I said, it's because they suck." And she goes, "Yeah." <laughs> but I was watching. Well, I was watching the Kings game last night. I was also tuning into the Sharks
0: game. And oh boy, they're bad. They've lost. They they haven't won a game yet. No, they are zero and three. This is it's. Uh, there was some stat of like it's their worst start since like nineteen ninety something. Um real bad. Like and you you can't put all of it on Martin Jones. You can put some of it on Martin Jones, but not all of it. Like was was Joe Pavelski the glue that held it together?
1: <laughs> you know how the Kings didn't want to do defense last night? Apparently yeah. the Sharks weren't that interested in that either. Yeah. Kevin <laughs> LeBanc had a he allowed a like a two on one breakaway. And he was with his man, but he just wasn't really defending his man. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, "Kevin, uh, things things okay over there down in in Anaheim?" Uh, yeah, he was he was bad, and the uh, the Sharks broadcasters were like, "Okay, you have to play defense." You, you can't you cannot allow this this breakaway like this
0: at least like the kings this tried they tried to defense in some ways it just usually resulted in them taking a penalty because the defense they did was illegal <laughs> and it was usually against Connor mcdavid because they were like oh crap he's real fast well
1: the officiating was real bad last night Uh, I would say probably half of L.A.'s penalties were not actual penalties.
0: Yeah, like the one that the one that Alec Martinez got really mad about. Yeah, that was not
1: a penalty. Uh, Dustin Brown's (laughs) offensive zone penalty in which I believe it was James Neal who tied the game at 4-4. That was not a penalty either. He literally backed up into a guy while he was watching the puck. Like this was not clear interference.
0: Apparently you can't back into people anymore, I guess. (laughs) That feels like that one felt like as much of a like reputation call as anything like Dustin Brown moves, dude falls over or whatever. Referee is like, Oh, guess Dustin Brown did a no, no. Like (laughs) it's, it's the early season for everyone. And maybe they too are like, we forgot what the rules are. In fairness, I, I guess you
1: could say that Dustin Brown did kind of trip the guy but the guy was already off balance and Dustin Brown just backed up into him i mean he was literally just moving trying to join the play or get open for a potential scoring chance like i don't understand how that is an illegal play
0: there's a joke in here about dustin brown's butt but i don't really know what it is um but i'm just going to leave that there <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, well, you know, one positive,
0: speaking of Dustin Brown, he scored the opening goal. He did. I thought the positive was going to be Dustin Brown's butt. <laughs> Sorry, I'm turning your podcast into something incredibly not what you signed up for. <laughs> I never quite know what I'm
1: going to get with you, and I love it. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> to make everything weird. Yup. Uh, so now our podcast is going to have to come with a... Sensory warning.
0: I didn't say any naughty words.
1: Yeah, you just imply them.
0: <laughs> yeah, he scored a goal, and he didn't score it with his butt. Um, yeah, like I like I really did like how that top line looked. Like probably because they've been playing together for three years, and as much as we're like Alex, I follow isn't a top line player. Like you know what? The three of them work together, and for as hard as, as it's been to ever find anyone to play on Kopitar's left wing for whatever reason, like he seems to have figured it out. And the three of them like just played the hockey. Um, and he also had like a pretty good, Dustin Brown had a really good uh, drop pass, which is a phrase that you won't hear from me very often um, on, I think it was Kopitar's goal. Um, he just, there was like some slick passing going on and he got into the zone and then just left the puck for, for Kopitar who scored and it, it was magical. Like I was like, look at, look at Dustin Brown, the skill guy. So he had a good night, even though if you look at his fancy stats, his fancy stats were eh, not bad, but not great. They were, well, actually, no, I'll take that back. They're much better than I thought they were. The bad ones was like Tyler Tafoli. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. Uh-huh.
1: So, um I feel like the 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 first line and the fourth line they were great. They were fantastic. It was the the sandwich in the the middle part of our sandwich. Oh, bringing it full circle. <laughs> exactly. Uh it was yeah, it was it was the the middle two lines that just struggled. I mean, it was struggle city. Anytime they were on the ice, and it scared me. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't,
0: and, I, I don't, I don't like this. And those middle lines do seem very like cobbled together. Like Wagner, Lazat, Toffoli. I don't know what that is. I don't know how any what any of them is supposed to do with the other one. Lazat is still figuring out like what the heck he's doing because this is his second NHL game. Like. But then, if you move Lazat, I don't know who you put in for center there. Um, someone from Ontario. Move Carter back. Like, move if you move Trevor Lewis up, then you break up that fourth line that looked really good after one game. But yeah, like I don't. I, Wagner, Lazat, and Toffoli don't really seem like they have the like skill sets to go together. And like like we said earlier, like. Kempe Carter and Kovalchuk looked like they just met in, like, a pickup game where they were all drunk. (laughs) It turned into a beer league. Exactly. And so, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you fix those problems. (laughs) Other than (laughs) practice?
1: Oh, because, you know, they didn't have enough of that in the eight (sighs) days they had off. (sighs)
0: Ugh.
1: It's going to be such a long season. They were the last team. The very They were team number 31 to get their season started. They should not have looked quite as hapless as they did. And yet, and yet, they were just terrible. Like, I, I don't mean to harp on this, but... De- I, there were times that I I was watching the game and I'm going I don't understand what's what's happening here and you know okay so I feel like we we've sung the praises for for Kopitar's line because it was a good line um, but okay so in the preseason and we saw it a little bit last year Kempe to and Grunstrom Grunstrom was a healthy scratch last night um they had actually pretty decent chemistry in a, a small um in, in a small sample size of games in 15 games they actually had decent chemistry and one thing that's really underrated about kempy's game he's actually really good defensively he was not great defensively last night he got beat all over the ice last night and some of that you can attribute to the Oilers' top line. Not all of it. Some of it. But he was getting beat by, like, Zach Cassian, <laughs> And it was just, I think it's because he was drunk. <laughs> because he had to play with Jeff Carter and Ilya Kovalchuk. Like, can we please find somebody to take Kovalchuk? I'm sure he would do well <laughs> on almost any other team.
0: There has to be some team that really just embraces chaos. I don't know what team that is yet. But there's got to be one.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like a lot of issues are really centered around Colchuk and trying to make this square peg into a round hole. Or trying to fit this square peg into a round hole. I don't know, maybe the Coyotes want him? Maybe, I don't, just, just sell him for a bag of pucks. <laughs> Problem is, he's got a no trade clause, and he's got a really ugly cap hit of like six
0: million dollars. Maybe we can give him to the Leafs and get back Nick Shore. <laughs> that is a not a fair trade that would ever happen in any universe, but I want it.
1: It's an HF Fords trade. Exactly. <laughs> uh god because i feel like if if we don't have kovalchuk and then we could just have somebody else be the 13th forward and the press box like who whoever cares but no kovalchuk you can at least play both grunstrom and lazat and yes i know we're we're going to see a lot of struggles because they're they're rookies but you know Maybe it was just a bad game because you're going up against a team that has pretty good defense and a pretty good
0: uh, they have Connor McDavid. Yeah. <laughs> they have Connor McDavid and some dudes.
1: Outside of Connor McDavid, they really don't have a lot of depth.
0: Yeah, they have McDavid and Drysdale and yeah, he's still there and then some people um, I think the somewhere on Twitter, like, someone was saying the Oilers have scored in their two games, like, nine goals, and that McDavid has been involved on, like, six of them or something. That's probably not the actual numbers, but it's something like that. <laughs> so, you know, as long as Connor McDavid can be involved in, like, 60% of his team's points, you know, at least, they'll be okay. <laughs> he has luck. to come off the ice at some point,
1: right? Maybe. <laughs> God, Adrian Kempe struggled at the faceoff dot. I wonder why. Shocker.
0: Uh 22.2%. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. I did I did notice that Carter kept taking a lot of the draws for for Kempe and that explains it.
1: Uh Amadio also bad,
0: 37%. So we're back to Kopitar being the only one who can win a, win no, a faceoff. No,
1: Blake <laughs> Lazat. he was 50%.
0: Oh, good job. Lost four. There we good go. Good job. NHL stats site says Jeff Carter won 67% of his face-offs. How many that is, I don't know, because, again, that is more clicks that I'm not going to take.
1: <laughs> Nat Stat Trick says that at all strengths, uh, Jeff Carter was 50-50. So, won three, lost three. Kopitar was, shockingly, not shockingly... <laughs> the best, 7 5. So he was 58.33. So there you go. Kopitar, the only person on this team who can apparently win a face off.
0: Gosh, Adrian can't face real bad at face offs.
1: <laughs> He's only been working on it for like three years.
0: He'll get there eventually.
1: Maybe. Hey, face-offs never matter until they do. So yep. remember in 2014 when Jared <laughs> Stoll won that
0: ultra-important faceoff, and the Kings tied the game at the last minute? <laughs> See? See? Or the, it, it was... So it, it actually happened in the game last night. There was a time, and I feel like this speaks to like none of the players knowing where the other ones are going to be or what they're doing. Um, there was at least one time where Jeff Carter took a face off, won the face off clean, quick, easy, sent the puck kind of behind him where you would send a puck. And then no one from the Kings was there to get it. And you know who got it? The Oilers. And you know what they did with it? They scored with it. So yeah, face offs not important until they are important. And you know, if anyone on that line had been paying attention or doing like stopping any of the men in the very orange jerseys from getting to the puck like maybe that goal would not have been scored but um I feel like that's a lot of the like chemistry slash communication slash have you guys ever played before kind of stuff that you know hopefully will get worked out eventually but so far no luck
1: slash please come to work sober (laughs) Slash, please open your mouth and talk to each other. I feel like Drew Doughty spent more time talking to Connor McDavid than he did his line mates. (laughs) That is probably really true. Okay, it's probably not very fair. I'm sure they were all talking to each other on the bench and everything. But just the way that the cameras were set up, they showed Drew Doughty talking to McDavid a lot. And it wasn't chirping or anything. It looked like for all the world they were making dinner plans. Like... (laughs) They might have been, who knows? <laughs> I think the game was tied at that point, or the the kings were leading like three to two. who knows? but of course, you know, uh down goes round. he pre- he totally predicted this, so this is his fault,
0: yeah, I saw that, and I was like,
1: oh no, okay, let's blame let's blame Sean McIndoe for the That's king's
0: fine. failure i'm I'm okay with that. He might be okay with that too, honestly.
1: <laughs> okay, so for those of you who missed it his weirdly specific prediction was that the kings would lo- would lead the oilers through two periods and somehow lose in regulation i was like okay he got mad cuz i called it low hanging fruit it was a joke but it's still low hanging fruit cuz i watched the kings in the preseason do just that I, th- last year okay his his reasoning is that oh it didn't happen at all last year I'm like, yeah, because they led, like, five times last year, and those were the games they actually won.
0: (laughs) Oh, they were so bad. They were so bad. Like, at least this year, they're probably still going to be bad. They are still going to be bad. But, like, if they're going to score five goals every night... (laughs) (laughs) Doubtful. Doubtful. But, like, this show that they have... Right. right, You know, yeah. Eventually, they're going to have to play an actual good goaltender. Um. I heard that, like, Darcy Kemper just re-signed in Arizona, so, you know. (laughs) Um, But, like, there is the potential there for offense. More than, like, maybe we saw last year. Because it seems like this year they have a coach who, like, can make them do things. Like, if they score a bunch of goals every night, like, I'm still going to hate it. But at least it will be entertaining? Like, I don't know. It's going to be such a long, weird season. I don't – I just (sighs) –
1: I got really upset last night, mostly because it was James Neal who ended up with a game-winning goal. <laughs> and I'm like, stop letting the garbage score on you,
0: okay? It could be worse. It, it, could, it could have been milan Lucic. That I would have actually been okay with. That's that's coming up on Tuesday or whatever.
1: <laughs> Tuesday, yeah. They're, their schedule is stupid because they, they are at Calgary. Then they go the next day on Wednesday to Vancouver and then they come home and Saturday they play the Nashville Predators, who apparently can only put together a solid 20 minutes in their games so far this season. Oh, no. (laughs) And uh, the next day they're at home again versus Vegas. The schedule is so dumb. (laughs) Yeah, so they have two back-to-backs right off the bat, which is, is going to be fun because they're going to see, uh, in that time, Big Save Dave, David Riddick from the Flames, uh, Jacob Markstrom, who apparently really came into his own last year for the Canucks, Pecorine, and Marc-Andre Fleury. So, you know, somewhere along the line,
0: those one of those goalies is going to... Oh, some of those are good. Yeah. I don't, who's even the Flames' other goaltender? Cam Talbot. Oh, that's right. That's right. Edmonton did, the, and Calgary did the like swapsies on. Kind of. Okay, so kind we have. Of. The fun, <laughs> yeah, here's the fun part of that. For
1: whatever reason, the Oilers decided that Cam Talbot was doing too good of a job. So they decided to trade him midseason to the Flyers. And the Flyers let him walk as a UFA. And they got Anthony Stolars in return. And Anthony Stolars is not a good goalie. So, yeah. So, Cam Talbot is no longer in Edmonton. And so, over the summer, the Flames were like, here, we will give you almost $3 million to come be a backup goalie for us. And he was like, okay. Sounds good. I forgot all of that drama. (laughs) There was so much of the Kings drama, too. (laughs) Especially surrounding Ilya Kovalchuk. I mean, they had such high hopes for him. I'm like, this dude's like 40.
0: What <laughs> <Like>, you <laughs> have? I hope for Ilya Kovalchuk. Well, I guess if you just let him do whatever he wants and don't try to make him play with any sort of structure, which goes against the way this entire game works. We'll see. We'll see if the Todd father, that's what um,
1: <laughs> from the fourth period called him. Dennis Bernstein. Yeah, we'll see if the Todd father can whip Ilya into shape. <laughs> whip this team into shape. Drew Dowdy likes that super tough coach that's in your face. that The one who likes to kind of pull your hair and really needle you and get under your skin. It makes him a better player. Except after a while, like, it's really old. And I guess Sutter didn't really know kind of that line where to, like, push and then pull back. I think Sutter just has one mode, push until he cracks. Makes him a better, better player or something, right?
0: Well, we'll see what Todd. The I, I like the Todd father. That's a good. That's a good one. Um, yeah, we'll see. I. This whole season is just, just gonna be a thing.
1: <laughs> Let's end on a positive note. So on the bright side, Cal Peterson. He was uh, outstanding uh, for the Rain, who did a little oopsies with their own game last night. That's not to say that the Condors, who are the baby Oilers, they're not a good team because they are a good team and they have some good prospects. But we we do definitely expect a lot more from the Rain this year, just because a lot of the prospects are finally old enough to play for the AHL.
0: Yeah. The King, the, the Kings, the rain in that game, they won three. Yeah. Same thing. They won three, two in overtime after giving up a two, 0 lead. And, but then of course won it like you should have done. Um, but Bakersfield had 44 shots, 44. The rain had 25. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Cal, Cal Peterson made 42 saves. Um, Bakersfield goal. Bakersfield's goalie. I've never heard of him before in my life, so I couldn't tell you a single thing about him. Um, but yeah, Cal Peterson looked great in that game, and then the pre- the game before that, he had a shutout uh, to open the rain season at home. I think they played the Barracuda. Um, yes, the Baby Sharks. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that was a forty-one save shutout. So. The rain still allowing way too many shots, <laughs> but Cal Peterson at least has been up to the up to the challenge. So he's looking good.
1: What is Shit. that? Eighty-five shots that he's faced in two days.
0: Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and he currently has a save percentage of point nine seven six <laughs> over those two games. That's certainly sustainable. Yeah. Oh boy. I can't believe his save percentage isn't 100%. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> yeah, so like, so like there's there's good things going on in other places and the the future of the King's net, as long as they don't screw this up somehow, like, looks bright and the rain managed to come back from losing a lead, which also is probably not a thing that they really did at all last season because they were also very bad. So that was really good. I'm proud of our small children. I feel like the
1: rain, they're going to go one way. They're going to go one of two ways. They're going to be really bad, but really fun to watch. Or they're going to be really good, but distressing to watch. Oh, both of those make me uncomfortable. (laughs) Yes, and on the bright side, uh, Jarrett Anderson Dolan scored his first goal of the night. uh, Not night, sorry. His first pro goal. And then uh, that was against the Barracuda. And Rasmus Kupari, our little Finnish prospect, he, uh, he also scored his first North American goal.
0: See, the kids are all right. Good job, kids.
1: Good job, kids. Who scored for... In, in the, I just want to know who scored in the Bakersfield game.
0: Um, one was Kyler Yamamoto. Martin Burke. Um, oh, I, I, I thought you were talking about for Bakersfield. I was like, I, I didn't know that you cared about Bakersfield, but yeah. Mar- <laughs> no,
1: no, no, sorry. I <laughs> yeah, mean, who Mart- scored against Bakersfield? So it was yeah. Martin Burke and Mario Kempe. So, way to go, Adrian Kempe's older, lesser talented
0: brother. Yeah, and, and, he Mario Kempe is wearing the A for Ontario. He got a letter this year which is real great for me. Um, and one of the quotes from Mike Stothers when talking about naming his leadership group was he specifically cited Mario's role as Adrian's older brother as like being a mentor to his old, to to his younger brother and you know how much the family has said that like you know that's it's been really important for Adrian to have a brother like him to look up to and how good of a brother he is and blah, blah, blah. But that's literally one of the reasons that they gave him the A in Ontario, which I love. That's very
1: touching, but also like very oddly specific. (laughs) Like we are going to make you a leadership group because you were a leader to your far more talented younger brother (laughs) and you don't hold it against him personally. (laughs) Hey, Mario Kempe did play in the NHL last year when yeah. like half of Tucson was playing because Arizona was completely broken.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's got experience. He seems like a nice dude. He like is a grown-up? I, I it, that that just like really charmed me whenever I read that of about the the quote about him. I was like, "Oh, Mario." That is that is definitely very charming. <sighs> and he's he's got 3 goals in 2 games. So like nice. Hey, way to go. And hey, Martin
1: Furk is he's setting himself up for 60 goals this season. He's on
0: pace. Anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, talk to to swing it back to Cal Peterson. I was just looking at at Twitter because that's what I do. But apparently, uh, there's a quote that the John Hoven, the mayor, put out, um, about from Mike Stothers about Cal Peterson. Um, and after the game, uh, Stothers said the Cal may have put on the best two game goaltending performance I have ever seen. Um, and I feel like if you know Mike Stothers at all, if you've ever heard an interview, inter- in 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 inter- If you've ever heard an interview from him, he's not a guy to be like, to like overblow something or to make something really great that it wasn't. Um, He is not particularly prone to like that level of enthusiasm, I think. Uh, So he had some really, really good praise for Cal Peterson's uh, opening two games with the rain as well. Is there
1: anything else that we should talk about in this podcast? I meant this to be brief.
0: Yeah, I think we Yeah, yeah, so that happens. No, I think we yeah, I mean I feel like we ended on the good note of Cal Peterson looks really good and I feel like that's we talked a little bit about, about the next game and that's kinda it.
1: Uh do you have any positive predictions for the Calgary game?
0: Um Mike Smith might swoop down from the ceiling and put on a Calgary jersey again and then hand the Kings two goals. I like it. Totally <laughs> reasonable. Absolutely reasonable.
1: Okay, well thank you so much.
0: Yeah.